welcome to Education Honestly. I'm Claire. And I'm Shanna. On today's podcast, we welcome Brooke Charlebois, PhD student at the University of Toronto. Her research focuses on integrating drama into the teaching of Canadian history and the ways in which settler colonialism is present in drama pedagogy. She hopes her research can be used to move teachers towards teaching for reconciliation. And we are also fortunate that my co-host Claire is a specialist in dance and drama education and has taught teachers around the world that uh, about pedagogy of arts in both standalone subjects. This as it is embedded within the curriculum. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. Oh, I forgot to tell you. You guys are both um, former executive members of the Ontario or sorry, the council of Ontario dance and drama educators and you um, you both have been advocates which is fantastic for dance and drama throughout Ontario and so we're fortunate to have your experience and um, we've talked before about dance and drama in the classroom but in this COVID world that we now are living in we'd like to extend that into masks and I don't mean like drama masks that we are thinking <laughs> of when we watch TV I'm thinking more of the masks that we're all wearing right now and the variations of that and so I wanted to pick your brains about how we help students with the social emotional part of this and the functioning part of it and using your skill set in relations to that oh welcome Brooke <laughs> thank you um so how might we use drama and dance to assist students to connect with their emotions during COVID? Great question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's really about creating opportunities for students to first feel their emotions in their body, getting used to what's going on, understanding. Uh, and when I say, and actually, I'm not even going to go with understanding. When you use the word very purposefully, recognizing where emotions might be coming up in their body. Um, if they're feeling anxious, are they feeling it in their shoulders? Are they feeling it in their fingers? Are they feeling it, you know, in their legs? Where are the emotions coming up? And that could be done through, you know, before you even get to drama and dance, that could be a discussion as a part of reading a story or about uh, reading a newspaper article or just a class discussion about what is going on, just to kind of set the context. But for me, I'm a, I am a big fan and a big advocate for getting kids up and moving, getting our students up and moving as soon and as quickly as possible when I first meet them in September so that they understand that their understanding of the world and their emotion gets expressed through their body. So th- that's where I would be starting the first week of school. Okay. Yeah, and I also think there's something about about drama um, because you spend so much time working in role um, that students can sort of have this little bit of like a safety net because they're removed when they're working in drama, right? It's not them; it's that this role, and even if the role is very similar to who they are, right? So it, it's just this little bit of added. Um, distance I guess so you can you can engage students in talking about uh, some of the stuff that's happening with COVID and and some of the emotions that may come up and they have this chance to sort of you know engage with it and unpack it and and work through it 
um, again, with this added sort of safety layer of being in role. Uh, and Claire and I talked a little bit too about um, just having that, that chance of, uh, of the embodied learning, right? Like really using your body to sort of explore issues. Um, and I, I had kind of said uh, to Claire, you know, getting a chance to work, work through something, you know, in your body. And she had said, and also kind of get it out of your body, right? Like this chance of moving this anxiety and, and these worries, uh, work through them physically and then allow them to sort of be, be moved on out of the body. So I think, I think drama and dance are sort of uniquely positioned to help students um, kind of work through some of the anxiety or uncertainty about COVID. Because I think that, I know at least for my kids, um, it's the uncertainty and the we don't know when this is going to end and we don't know what this is going to look like. Um, that is something that weighs, you know, heavily on them. And I think it's also, a, I think it's also about creating um, or ki helping kids express or understand that or make sense of that's what the word I'm looking for is making sense of this new norm because they're picking up from us adults that this is uncomfortable for us. I know myself, I do not like wearing a mask and I can only imagine what I am subconsciously or subtly um, giving off in my own body about um, not feeling comfortable in a mask and not being able to, for people to see my lovely smile and my eyes sparkling and, and know that there is a calm and warm presence underneath my mask and, and kids are not going to really see that very well. And I think, you know, again, I really agree with Brooke about creating, you know, that drama does create that layer of protection to express oneself and props used in drama and dance. So for myself, you know, sometimes with drama, when we are working things out as a class um, in an experimentation phase, I'll often bring out puppets for the kids to try working on a scene. So again, you're creating that, um, you know, one or two step removal or in dance, I'll bring out, you know, the scarves or ribbons or something to add an extra layer of, of distance between themselves. Students connect with their emotions. It's about creating that safe environment for kids to share how they are feeling through all of this. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it could be very empowering, I think, as well, having a little more, more way to sort through their social emotional on their own terms. So another question that I have is, how do you explicitly teach expression and emotion to students when they're wearing a mask? And like when your face is covered, you've lost so much that I feel of how you express yourself. I mean, how do I give my teacher look with a mask on? How do students do that to me, you know? Yeah, that's an interesting one. And I think, I think, um, I think the body is going to have to play a huge role. Um, and I, I'm even thinking um, a few years ago, I had uh, a, a, um, a theater artist come in and uh, she was uh, doing some work in, in masks. And I mean like actual theater masks, theatrical masks. Um, and there was, uh, we, we talked a lot, there was a lot of conversation around the use of a neutral mask. And so she had this sort of just plain white, um, just plain white mask. And, and uh, her presentation was very interactive where she would, 
you know, she would uh, move around and then she would take the mask off and she would ask the students to sort of describe, uh, you know, what, what emotion or what was happening or what she was feeling. And it was so interesting because the, her expression on her face never changed because this was a neutral mask and she never used her voice, but through her body, she was able to convey a very wide range of uh, emotions and situations for the students. And, uh, and, they, and they were able to pick it up. They were able to say, you were really excited or you were very scared, even though her face never changed. Oh, wow. So I think, um, I think we're going to have to teach students really explicitly how, uh, you know, how body language and how uh, voice even um, can convey meaning when we don't have facial expressions, or at least most of our, our facial expression to, uh, to convey what, what it is that we, we want to convey. Yeah, for me, it's just to break, I fully agree. And for me, explicitly teaching um, our body language, again, starts with dance, which is why I'm a big supporter of teaching dance right at the beginning, right in September, because it is a body movement and it is about expressing through bodies. So you might even, as a teacher, I'm just even thinking right now at the top of my head is having a feelings wheel. So, and if you don't know what a feelings wheel is, anyone out there listening to us, just Google feelings wheel, lots will come up. And I always start with the six basic emotions, happy, sad, calm, angry, uh, surprised, and I'm missing one more. Oh, uh, you said happy. Oh, I did. Okay. So I got them all. Okay, so so, you said it twice. <laughs> ah, that's true. So, um, and really going, okay, you know, let's talk about, you know, what it looks like to be happy and, and saying to the students, you know, don't use your face, show me happy with your arms, show me happy with your legs, yeah. show me happy with your bum. That one always goes over very well oh, with the little dear. ones, you know? <laughs> and, and, yeah. And really working through the emotions um, with the class so that the, that the students understand that our body can express um, that emotion. And really the other big thing is, is once you start having those conversations in the formal environment, in the safety of the drama and dance classroom, then when you're standing in line and you're asking everybody to line up because we're about to go outside. And I'm just imagining, you know, one of the things I keep reading on Facebook is, you know, teachers are going to have to have more strict um, guidelines and we're going to have to be more, um, militant with our, I remember reading that one today on Facebook, somebody saying that we're gonna have to be more militant with our students. And I'm actually here use the word militant. Militant. Yes. I actually read that off of Facebook today. And I was just like, you know, we don't, if we teach our kids, for example, that me standing with my arms on my hips means that I'm calm, but I'm waiting they don't need to see my whole face. They can get that imagery and they can get that understanding from just seeing my arms and my hips. You know, we don't have to go to these extremes. We just have to do something maybe a little different, maybe something we're a little not comfortable with. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. So I, Brooke, what would you um, be doing to teach, you know, students about emotion? What would you do we we both have t different teaching styles which is why i'm asking yeah i mean i think for me i i first i agree with what you said about the uh teaching dance right off the bat i think that's really important and i tend to start with the elements 
just what they are. And once students mm -hmm. kind of know what those elements are, then we can start to talk about how different elements and different combination of elements, um, you know, come together to, to create meaning in different ways. Um, I'm also a really big fan of using picture books in my teaching. Um, and there, there are some, there, I mean, there's so many great picture books. So that's, um, that's definitely one that I would uh, employ um, just to kind of get kids thinking about, about, you know, telling stories and, and point of view and embodying characters and, uh, and that kind of thing. But I think the elements, for me, it always kind of comes back to the elements. I think that's really important. What do you mean by elements? Ah, great question. Uh, so in the curriculum, um, we, uh, we have uh, elements for, for the different art forms. Um, so in dance, they are body, space, time, energy, and relationship. And they're sort of like the building blocks of movement, right? So they're the, the pieces that come together to be able to create a sequence of movement. So it's really important for students to understand, uh, you know, things like there are different levels, right? You can be at a high level, you can be at a low level. Uh, you can make different shapes with your body. You can move at different, uh, with different tempos, right? You can go fast, you can go slow, um, you, can, you can freeze. Your movement can be sort of very free flowing or it can be sort of very bound and very controlled. So those are kind of the, the little bits of the elements that, that are important for students to understand so that when they are creating their own movements or they're watching someone else's movements, they sort of understand um, how these pieces fit together to convey meaning or to communicate something. Wow. Yeah. It's, I guess that's not something I would automatically think of, but you really do need to expressively teach these things for students to understand. And, you know, just like um, in a previous podcast, Claire and I were talking about how we would have to expressively teach washing your hands. We're going to have to do that for the totally is Claire said a new norm when she knows I'm not a huge fan of that term, but I think that's mm -hmm. my desire to hold on. And maybe that's an emotion I need to work on. And I'm going to probably have to work on with my students too, especially my students who are returning um, because they're going to know, well, we did it this way. Well, this way, unfortunately, is not what we're going to get to do anymore. So we need to learn new things together. And I, back again to the engagement piece, I'm going to have to jump in and be like, oh, we're doing this together because this is a whole new thing. Yeah, <laughs> There's no guidebook. And just to um, just to piggyback up on um, what Brooke was talking about, the elements, it's also a really great place to start for understanding um, what, for getting your baseline. So if we're thinking about September diagnostics and okay. how our kids are moving and how they're being, especially, you know, when you're looking at, you know, grades six, seven, and eight, where maybe they haven't done a lot of drama and dance before. And now you're getting a group of kids that you really want to try embedding drama and dance because you know, there is a huge um, benefit to them using drama and dance to explore their emotions at this point in their learning and in society that it's very that the diagnostic your uh can be used as a as a well it's a concrete tool basically um using the elements to assess where they are so it's very as brooke was saying in a previous podcast it's very objective not subjective yeah what skills can we teach students uh, to be visually expressive when they are wearing a mask? 
Hmm. Because they're going to have to have the same skills to convey their messaging and their emotions to us as well, aren't they? So how do we teach them that? Explicitly. Well, that's my, that's the number one is, yeah. is so I, I don't know if you've um, read uh Doctor out of York University, Dr. Stuart Shanker wrote a book called Calm, Alert, and Learning. And in there, um, there is one specific chapter um, called Emotional Domain. And in in that book, he he outlines very clearly ideas and concrete strategies for teaching emotion. And it's a really what it comes down to is. Um, getting kids to look at each other's expressions very, um, very closely. So one of the, one of the tools in his book that I have gravitated to a lot and I have used a lot in drama and dance and even in circle time is um, having the kids go home and take a series of pictures of their, of one family member showing each of the six basic emotions, happy, sad, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. I would actually be redoing that lesson, but now with a mask on, hmm. saying, "Okay, I want I want you to go home, and I want you to find one adult to take all six emotions with their mask on. Let's all bring it into the classroom and start looking at how different people look. So we're not just learning from each other and what we're seeing in the classroom, but we're now getting a broader view of society of how we're expressing emotion when you can only see eyes up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where I would be going with that visual expression. Yeah. And I think like, I would, I would also bring the body into it too. Right. Like we've talked about this before. Like, I think it's important that we're not, we're now not just looking at face for emotion, but we need to be reading the full body. Um, And I think, I think Claire, you kind of highlighted the importance of like that explicit teaching. I think teacher modeling is going to become really important as well. Right. Like that teacher modeling, the practice, I love that idea of taking the the pictures and, and bringing in the, the family members um, and just practice like this is not something I think we can expect students to to get right away like this is as I know you hate this term but this is our new norm right and I think it's <laughs> going to take some time for uh, you know because students have been home so they haven't necessarily um, been been wearing masks a lot or, or being with with caregivers that are, are wearing masks and so I think this is gonna this is gonna be a period of adjustment and uh, you know, we're going to have to be flexible as we know teachers are, um, and, and kind of be really responsive to how things go with, with students, um, and, and adapt as needed. And that reminds me, Shannon. So, you know, Brooke, you said it, you know, we're all coming back after time away from each other. And, uh, Shanna and I, we're together and we, your, one of your little ones was at camp for the day and we picked, um, we picked them up and all of a sudden we were listening to parents around us having conversations with their own children about behavior. And I think everybody forgot how to play with each other. And I think that's going to be 
coming up. Um, and that, that those will be the conversations. And, and of course, drama and dance can be absolutely used as a vehicle for having conversations about what happened on the playground. I do anticipate that we're going to have a lot of students playing on the playground, misreading each other's emotions and the situation, because again, we can only see from the face, you know, from the nose up. And on that note I've also been thinking now just based on what I was hearing from you Brooke is that as teachers we're gonna have to watch our own body language like you know it's I'm just I'm just having this thought right now so please bear with me but you know where I'm just thinking myself so where do I carry my own anxiety like I know my anxiety lies in my chest so when my when I see my shoulders start pushing back and my chest start going up that is conveying an emotion and I guess you know where I never would have thought of my body language before and just been worrying about well what is my face reading I'm now going to have to start thinking about what is my body communicating to my students Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, no, that, that's very logical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never yeah. thought about it. Brooke, what do you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, this is new for teachers too, right? And we're also learning how to express ourselves without the use of our faces um, and how to read our students. And uh, I agree with you. Like, I think we're it, we're all going to have to, there's just going to be a period, I think, of unlearning and relearning. Um, and the... The, the comment about the playground, I think, is is really is really true, right? Like, I think I think uh, there's so much that so much you know, quote unquote, poor behavior that can come from just miscommunication, um, and and not kind of being able to read a situation appropriately. So we're, it's now going to be compounded, I think, by this use of masks and how how uh, easy it will be for miscommunication to happen if we're not all being really conscious about the messages we're giving off when when people can't see our faces. Well, I I will say this, that it is, it's going to be a bright day for drama and dance educators because (laughs) we have a lot of these skills. Um, So my recommendation would be to all teacher colleagues out there who, maybe want to build their skills is to check out the Council of um, Ontario Drama and Dance Educators website, www.code.on.ca for resources and to connect with each other, whether it's via Facebook or in your own school or whatever, to start having these discussions about how we can explicitly teach emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Great suggestion. To your point about the playground, again, I was thinking that there are going to be mishaps regardless that drama can be used as a form of reconciliation and figuring things out and role playing. Um, I thought that would be super helpful because I know we're even doing that at home right now. So your brother feels this way because you did this and (laughs) we're role playing out some of our emotions because I've noticed with a lot of kids, social skills are just absent at the moment. Just, yeah, we're both absent. (laughs) It's a sort of practice bit. Yeah, exactly. Okay, ladies, I can't thank you enough for both of your time and your expertise. Um, we, uh, we're looking forward to hopefully getting more and more wonderful uh, input and opinions as we're going on. And um, just thank you so much, Brooke. 
You're welcome. And uh, so hopefully we will hear from you again, listeners, uh, again. And thanks for joining us on Education Honestly. And remember to hit the subscribe button. And until next time, thank you, everybody.